All right, guys, you're back. It's the Hunt's Villain History Podcast, number three. Third time is really depressing is and really not at sad. all the charm. Yes, it's the uncharming episode. Yes. But hey, this is such a big part about our history, and you don't hear much about it. Like, people are really willing to forget that whole uh, chunk, and we're talking about slavery, so. That um, 1619 to 1865 slice of the American pie. That no one wants to think about. They left it in the fridge for way too long. Yeah, well, that, yeah. And, you know, I was like, just in time for Black History Month, let's go and Mm -hmm. let's talk about slavery in North Alabama. Definitely. And I only say that because, like, every month is Black History Month. So, right. And I guess a a warning to our listeners uh, we we try and keep our language pretty clean, but the, the subject matter today is pretty dark. I mean, it's slavery. So. If I cuss, it's because I'm incredibly frustrated yeah. with, like, the willful willful ignorance mm. on the part of many Southerners in regards to this matter. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it can still get you riled up after 200 years, because it's some terrible stuff. 150 years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still going. Still, still real angry. All right, anyways, so... Um, Should we get, start with a time frame, I guess? Well, yeah. People, what we're talking about. So, like Ben Job over here was saying, my main man, Ben Job (laughs) with the lobes, like he was saying, um, the reason that we wanted to talk about this is like Mm -hmm. we usually try and keep it lighthearted. We usually try and come in and say, hey, here's some wacky stuff that happened, but I just want to like lay the groundwork. So, we're going to be discussing uh, slavery in Madison County from 1809 to around 1832-1837, and you're like, John, those are real random dates. <laughs> and I say, yes, listener, those do sound like random dates. But they're not really that random. They serve a very particular purpose. So 1809 is the first census. It's the squatters census. Mm-hmm. So the first time that anyone has bothered to like wander around and... Be like, hey, here's all these people in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. What's up with them? And then 1832 is right after the uh, Nat Turner revolt up mm-hmm. in Southampton County, Virginia, right? So I guess it's got it's got people spooked. I guess or people that are the people that are afraid of slaves, essentially <laughs> slave owners and the aristocracy um just literally every white person in the united states mm-hmm. was like oh shit there's a lot of those guys they those could... guys we've been oppressing for a while <laughs> yeah there's a lot of them and so what ended up happening was you do see kind of a um standardization across mm-hmm. the southern united states after the nat turner revolt of very reple- of very repressive mm-hmm. laws in regards to uh, in regards to slavery, right? So you do lose kind of like local flavor. You lose a frontier atmosphere, and instead, it's just a very like we're just going to be the biggest dicks that we can be to everyone forever until 1860. And mm-hmm. so yeah, that's uh... so yeah. I saw this <clears throat> the I read I was reading your blog, and that there's not a lot of mentions of uh, black people in the court system and stuff, I think, because you had written, it was like, they're pretty much treated as property mm-hmm. and or, you know, maybe victims. Um, 
or aggressors in some of these cases, but they're it seems like they're mostly kind of dismissed by the courts in general for mu- much of the history too. Well, there is. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's true. Like I, I always like to say, every time someone talks about a black person back in the day, there's mm-hmm. usually a dollar sign somewhere in that sentence, which is like unfortunate, but yeah, it just gives you an idea of like the brutality mm-hmm. of the system. But so we've got the 1809 to 1832 thing. And we're just going to, I'm just going to lay the groundwork real quick about Madison County. All right. So chose this period. We went over all that, right? And it's also a transition period from this time of like a frontier Madison County Mm -hmm. when we had like, you know, the Broad River group taken over Mm -hmm. a tie back into a previous episode and the Chickasaw Nation up until, like, the removal of the Chickasaw Nation, the, like, fall of the Broad River people, and the solidification of uh, North Alabama from being a frontier society with slaves to a full-blown slave society, Mm, right? So, in 1809, we have 2,547 non-Indigenous people living in uh, Madison County, mm-hmm. like the Huntsville area, so of that of that group, uh, three hundred and twenty-two of them were enslaved people, mm-hmm. right? So that's, um, gosh, it's like twelve percent of the population, mm-hmm. right? So not that huge, but you know, it's like, I mean, it's still like, definitely a part, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like. Oh, in later days, in 1860, when 56% of Madison County is enslaved. Yeah, right? when I read that, I think you posted it when you found it. Yeah. That, like, that blew my mind, just to think, like, every other person in Madison County was an enslaved person. Mm-hmm. And did did you have much, like, numbers on how many free, like, black people and stuff there were? It doesn't seem like there's much mention of it. There, I think there's, like, 30 in Madison right. County yeah. in total. Uh Obviously, Mobile has the largest Mm -hmm. because free black people uh, traditionally in the southern United States would migrate to large coastal cities because and this was surprising when I first learned it like a few years ago. A lot of them would work in like merchant marines and shipping. Yeah. Yeah. And so they would like go overseas and like be like i'm getting out of america for right. eight months at a time yes right mo- for the majority of my time exactly it and makes so sense. yeah and there weren't any like large inland uh at least in the southern united states there was like one county in michigan that was like seven percent black in 1840 wow yeah. which was which was freaking huge for michigan right, right? Uh-huh. but yeah so but a lot of these uh mostly like coastal cities mm-hmm. right so North Alabama there's like there's like 30 free people. Right. Ever. And I, and I doubt their rights are getting are like a huge step up from from the slaves cuz they see a black person walking around and I'm sure the the mob and the law and all that is going to treat them almost the same. Well, that's uh that's the interesting part because and we'll get into that in a little bit, but um after and hell just spoilers. <laughs> so, uh, after the, um, 
Nat Turner revolt, mm-hmm. then you start seeing uh, this repression of free people of color. Ah, uh, okay. So before that, I think there were just so few of them that they didn't really see a reason to legislate against their right. existence, right? Yeah, because there's 30 guys or something. Yeah, they're like, all right, just... You do you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, no one's... Yeah. And so, <clears throat> 1809, they're, like, 12% of the population. Right. right? 1820, the first official census for Alabama, uh, 49.32% of the population of Madison County. Jeez, that's so quick. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Do you think that had to do with, like, uh, the agriculture and stuff booming, or... And and plantations popping up, and I guess just a lot of people migrating, but it's just like, that's a, that's a huge influx. That is... And it, it's mostly slave people, so it's not like they're just roaming at their own free will, you know? Everyone's like, they're like, I'm just gonna go to Alabama and <laughs> right, be Right, work in the sun and the... Yeah. yeah. Um, well, a lot of it is, uh, does have to do with, like, the growth of cotton monoculture mm-hmm. in the southeast, so... What we traditionally think of, right, as um, what we traditionally, like, the popular imagination view of Southern slavery was only, like, the last 40 years of the slave system. Mm -hmm. So, like, the first 120 or 50 or whatever was, um, they still had plantation agriculture, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't cotton plantations right and cotton plantations are going to be different from rice or tobacco plantations Mm. for like very particular reasons dealing with those crops right right so in a place like south carolina they developed the task system and so what would end up happening is you would have a particular task for that day and they developed it there because south carolina grew a lot of rice Mm -hmm. um the systems developed in Virginia dealt exclusively with tobacco production. And so, you know, and you got to like torture the tobacco plant at various times in order to get the right amount of leaves. Right. It's actually called puckering. They like come and they cut off the top half of it and. And it like splits out more or something. Exactly. And so, you know, and, and in that one as well, you have, uh, you got to have young kids come out and like pick all the tobacco worms off and, it's like a hmm. whole system. And I guess the closest analog to the tobacco system, which is like the oldest American plantation economy, right. is is cotton, right? And so the cotton system, you know, you're dealing with what's actually a bush or a tree. Mm-hmm. Cotton, it's not just a... No, yeah, it's like a tree. It's not just like a bush. Right. And so if you leave a cotton plant alone, it will grow. Right. Until keep going and going and going. Yeah, until like it's killed by the frickin' winter. So what ends up happening is um you know, we you have that guy EY Eli, Eli Whitney. <laughs> uh-huh. So you have like Eli Whitney, you have this boom in the northeastern United States with cotton mills and like textile mm-hmm. productions and at the same time in Great Britain. And I talked a little bit about this like yeah. last time. T-shirts equal empire, and right. so <laughs> yeah. Um, the modern world brought to you by like t-shirts. Exactly, exactly. 
and especially in America, I mean, we make a lot of stuff out of cotton. <laughs> we have been the world's largest cotton producer for 200 years. I did straight. not know that, but yeah. I believe it because it's like everything's made of cotton, and I think we take it for granted because I think in some places, like oh, cotton fabric. Oh uh, yeah, you really went all out on these sheets here. I know, right? It's like oh, cotton it's everywhere. It's literally the fabric of your life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by cotton. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and it's terrible blood-stained history. There we go. That's more accurate. But yeah, no, this episode brought to you by Cotton. Yeah, and it's terrible blood-stained <laughs> history. Go. Oh God, the indigestion is real. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm so glad we're talking about it though, just because it's so it's so swept under the rug, and uh, I mean I was. I've met a lot of um, young people that are like starting discussion groups and stuff just to talk about race relations and things like that because it's just not discussed. And the less it's discussed, the more you get these these extremist views and people just disagreeing instead of understanding, you know. So it's like it's so important that um, we came to this part in Alabama history. And it's I mean, like it or not, it's such a huge part. It I mean, is. this is like this. This is the you're at the uh, ground zero of civil rights and like pretty much the crux of the black community almost for a national on a national stage at some point, you know. It's- well, one of the uh, I'm glad that you said like ground zero for civil rights because uh-huh. there actually is a really great book that makes that argument that like Alabama was the birth pra- birthplace of mm-hmm. the like modern civil rights movement. You know, I yeah. don't want to say like all civil rights cuz obviously yeah. W.E.D. Dubois uh, was up in New York with mm-hmm. the NAACP and Booker T. Washington was working in Tuskegee but also in Atlanta and all of these other people uh like, you know, doing civil rights related things. But like the modern like let's freaking get recognized as yeah. people, civil rights movement, there there are some really good arguments that it did start here, and yes, but North Alabama and slavery. <laughs> so, yeah, eighteen twenty, forty nine percent of the population, mm-hmm. and by eighteen forty, enslaved people make up the majority of the population of Madison County, and there is no other place in North Alabama or like Southern Tennessee that has that percentage and it is because madison county is in many ways in many ways like blessed with mm-hmm. water and overly abundant soil that's incredibly mm-hmm. fertile and it's just really really good for cotton whereas everywhere else around us is like a rocky scraggle right. hellhole limestone and uh that red dirt. Yeah, limestone, red dirt, uh, no streams. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just like... Well, if you look at that map, I think it's on your blog, and uh, yeah, it, you'll see it's just like these certain sections. I think it's down in the southern end, there's a lot more um, higher percentage of slaves in some places, but it's like Madison County and the rest, it's very low, like low percentage oh, yeah. of people. Like, um, and I actually make that analogy mm-hmm. kind of like in my blog... Uh, Madison County was essentially a black belt, a black belt outpost surrounded right. by Appalachian poverty, 
or mm-hmm. as I also like to say it, a South Carolina surrounded by Kentuckys. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's just... A ring of Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, just to, like, give people an idea uh-huh. more on, like, the national level. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not everyone knows what the black belt is. Not everyone understands, like, the difference between southern Alabama culture and, like, Appalachian culture. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's, again, it's like a kind of reflection of how Huntsville's in a weird place culturally. Yeah. Like, kind of, we do have that Appalachian influence but we're, but yeah, we're on the, we're like the river people. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, the Tennessee kind of culture and the Southern too. It's, it's a, it's an interesting like intersection, I guess, geographically too. Yeah. We're, we're like plantations in the mountains, mm-hmm. which is really weird. <laughs> like just a, a tiny Mississippi in the middle of West Virginia. But we do it. Yeah. And we because... pull it off. We pull it off really well. We've been doing Huntsville pretty good as being Huntsville for a while. Yeah. Like, no one else can do this. Demographically. So, so, uh, did you have, like, a... You had most of the census data. Were those censuses provided by federal governments? Or was that mostly, like, a local or, uh, like, territorial kind of issue? I'm just curious, like, how that got started. So, luckily, I really enjoy looking at lots of different maps and Uh data uh because if you just looked in one spot you wouldn't be able to find yeah. this story um which hey that segues nicely into my next section but uh the 1809 census mm-hmm. isn't even like online for real you right. just it's one of those things that if you do Huntsville history long enough a copy of it falls into your lap mm-hmm. and so it's like uh like I don't know, back in the like late eighties, early nineties, when people would pass around VHSs, you're like, I got this really cool, and so people are like, I got the eighteen oh nine census, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> Here, take a copy, give one to your girlfriend, give one to yeah. everyone, everybody. Exactly, and I mean, they do have obviously, they do have a copy of it up at the uh, archives mm, yeah. that you can go and access, and I think uh, the Tennessee Valley Genealogical Society has the okay. only online copy. Of the oh, really? yeah, the eighteen oh nine Madison County Census. So, uh, if you want to <laughs> know about Alabama, North Alabama, before the Federales showed up, right? Which I'm sure is even more interesting. Than... It's a dangerous, crazy place yeah, for sure. Go hit up that eighteen oh nine census, fam. And then after that, there's like eleven years of darkness. Right, and I, then the eighteen twenty federal. I census. bet you hit those, and you and you're just like, no, my paper trail, my paper trail. I I do. It's really sad. It happens a lot. Like you're just I re- like getting your teeth into something, then it's like no, and then they disc like that guy died, and that clerk stopped writing the extra notes that I needed or something. It, yeah. That's, that's yeah. so tragic. <laughs> I went to Montgomery recently to like look for some more stuff uh-huh. because I was like, oh, the Supreme Court case. And it turns mm-hmm. out that like a reporter had just exaggerated. And so I drove all the oh, way to Montgomery no. to the state archives and they were like, that doesn't exist. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> These mud rakers. Oh, man. Yeah, those guys. But and so you do have to look in a lot of different places mm-hmm. in order to like put this story together right 
And so, um, the most difficult aspect of piecing together a history of slavery and black life in Mm -hmm. North Alabama during this time period is, is the lack of petitions and the lack of court records put together by these people. And like you were saying earlier, and like I also said, uh, pretty much any time like a black person shows up in court records, there's usually a dollar sign somewhere in that sentence, mm-hmm. which is like tragic, right? So I'm just going to like very briefly talk about some of the few times they did show up, mm. right? And so Madison County... Uh, and there, there is kind of like a pattern. Black men show up when they're being assaulted by mm-hmm. white men and black women show up when they're being stolen by white men. All right. Yeah. There's not really much like white women. There's, there's no middle ground. Or... Yeah. No, there's not like a, oh, I need to find her $5 for parking her mule mm-hmm. in the wrong place. It's like when black men show up in the records, it's because a white guy like tried to kill them. And when black women show up in the records, it's because a white guy kidnapped her and was, like, keeping her in the barn and was going to sell her to someone else. Which was, like, a really common crime in Madison County. Really? Huh. Yeah, people just, like, kidnapping black women or kidnapping just enslaved people in general. Jeez. Yeah, I have this. It's like one. you got it from, coming from all sides as a as an enslaved person. You do. Like you you've got the brutality that you already live under and you work under, and then there's the threat of other pe- brutal people just snatching up and maybe taking you to a worse place mm-hmm. or you know no place at all. That's 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 insane. I mean, yeah, I have one update about a guy named Charles T. Collins mm-hmm. who went and stole a horse from a guy and then literally rode around Madison County with a gun being like, you're coming with me when he pulled up on some slaves in a field. And they were like, I guess I'm going with you now. Right. Shit. Yeah. And then the one that I hate the most is, uh, James E. Smith, who he attempted to sexually assault an eight year old slave girl named lucky. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and he had, like, three trials. He kept having Uh retrials because his lawyer was good, and he went from, like, like two or three years in jail to, like, a $500 fine to being acquitted. Oh, my gosh, no. And you're just like, uh, dang it, Madison County. Right. But my blog post for that one is literally just James E. Smith was a piece of shit. Right. So <laughs> I'm glad you cleared up. Yeah. There's no I usually try to do like a funny pun or something, but there's, there's no like, there's no there's no good way to spin that one. Yeah. And so, so um, some like court cases you got here, I guess. Yeah, I I have some of the court cases. And I guess I just mentioned some other ones. Right, yeah. Yeah. Turns out there's a lot of court cases and mm-hmm. usually they involve like violence mm. or sexual violence. I'm real just like depressed. Yeah, this is yeah, this is not like a great uh pick me up. One's like I'm really going to get really deep into the uh, brutal hatred that our forefathers like committed against one another. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a uh, John Woods. He, I mean, I mentioned him briefly last time I was here. He uh, he like dug out a guy's eye. This like 45 uh-huh. year old man named Major. He was just waiting on a path and just like dug out his eye, like because like poor whites. And these are like the things you hear about too. So you know yeah. they had to be brutal enough to actually get in the court system. Exactly. I'm sure there's just tons of them that were just rolled over, like. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that uh-huh. up because, and there's only like a handful of them too. Like you've mentioned some, and then I, I think I read the ones on your website, and it was like six or seven over a pretty long period of time. Mm-hmm. It's only the assaults that cost the owners. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Damages or something. Yeah. It. I mean, that's who would be paid. Uh huh. So it's only the assaults that cost, like the. Uh, the master or owner, which I hate both of those words, mm-hmm. but like asshole who exploits someone else's labor for an entire right, lifetime yeah. is a really long word. Yeah. So, um, what is parasite? the acronym there? There you go. Parasite. parasite. Yes. So it's only when the parasites sue for damages. Mm-hmm. And that's usually only when it's like brutal enough to yeah. prevent someone from working. Mm-hmm. that's the only time it comes up. So like the oh, day-to-day geez. just like, well, I just punched him in the face. Like mm-hmm. that day-to-day bullshit gets like omitted, but it's probably there. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Almost so, assuredly. During the territorial period, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so this 1809 to 1819 time period, there's only three assaults by uh, white men on, enslaved men mm-hmm. on black men. So it's the entirety of the territorial period. So there was the murder of a young boy named Dennis in mm-hmm. 1811, where uh, the guy who murdered him, the murderer was renting Dennis's labor mm. from like, his owner parasite and he they got into a squabble or something and he like beat him and drove him into the woods and like tied him to a tree or something and let him starve to death that was 1811 and that guy as soon as he got done killing dennis left Mm. right uh well yeah and so was that a complaint of the original owner parasite to yeah the, uh... yeah that was that was who well it was actually the mississippi territory really itself was mm-hmm. like suing this guy for being a terrible fucking human being right yeah so if you missed off if you pissed off the mississippi territory enough like, yeah oh jeez. yeah uh, there was an 1812 assault by John Jones against mm-hmm. a man named Abraham in which Abraham was like beaten badly. Yeah. And then of course there is the 1813 shooting death of Daniel mm-hmm. and the murder of Daniel um, is the only one where the perpetrator was actually punished. Hmm. Yeah. So, Randolph Rogers, the man who uh, shot the in, shot Daniel, the enslaved yeah. guy, 
All right, so the court charged Randolph Rogers with manslaughter, and then members of the jury held Rogers down so that he could be immediately branded in open court on the left hand with the letter M. And so that was a thing that they did a lot. It mm-hmm. was uh, They were still really big into branding right. people. And so... Was that for M for murderer? Or? Yes. Yeah. M for murderer. That's what I assumed. So, uh, you know, if you stole a bunch of stuff, they would, like, brand you with a T for thief. If mm-hmm. you stole a person's life, they would brand you with an M. And mm-hmm. it was always on the left hand. Right. Or sometimes it was on the right hand. Um, just to like, you know, Hey, uh, you use your right hand for everything. Right. You suck thief, but like Uh murderer, it was like left hand and there's just something like more sinister about the left hand. So I think that's like the implication. People have always mistrusted the left side for some reason. I think since the Catholics (laughs) freaking lefties, right? (laughs) Those evil wizards like Obama and my mom. Oh, I was saying, like, like, left-handed people. That's what I'm talking about. They're all lefties. You blew my mind. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until some random... It's like one of those random factoids that is not... It's never going to be useful again. This exact moment. Well, this is why I knew it for, yeah. Yeah. And so, Rogers actually also had Mm -hmm. a $500 fine, Mm -hmm. which is, like all of the money you'll ever make in your life right. when you're like a poor dude in 1813 in North Alabama, $500 fine, six months in the County jail. Mm-hmm. And he was going to have two hours in the pillory because right. we were still using the pillory. Yeah. We were still using like, and that that's like a stockade almost or yeah. You know, it's like, like you stick your head in your arms. Yeah. For people yeah. who don't know. And they like lock you down and, Commence humiliation kind of thing. Yeah, and one of the real thing, one of the, like the real parts of being punished in a pillory is, um, you know, people can just like humiliate you and throw stuff at you, but if someone's, you know, sneaky enough, you have no idea who's right creeping around, who's uh, raping you. That's that's uh, pretty brutal back then. I mean... Dude got branded and put in a stockade, so yes. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Frontier Alabama. But it, it's... Uh, I guess it's it's sort of assuring in a way that there was some justice out there for some people. And that, you know... And who knows what the motivation behind the suit was, though. You know, it could have been like, oh, I lost so much money when you shot my slave. Yeah. Or it could have been like, you know, I, it, I, these were endeared people to me, which some, which I've heard that some slave owners and had some good feelings. Of course, they're still enslaving them, but they still may have had some misguided, you know, love for the man. But uh, who knows what the motivation behind it was? You know, it could have been. It could have been like, oh yeah, you brutally killed a person, or it could have been, you know, this this cost me a lot of dineros. Well, this actually does go back to an argument that I'm real tired of having. Uh huh. And that was, whoa, there were good slave. No, there weren't. There were no good slave owners. <laughs> good slave owner. It's a great uh. Yeah, like it's a great term. Functionally, an oxymoron. One of the only like. Uh-huh. The only good slave owner is the one who is no longer a slave owner. Like, there's less brutal slave owners. Exactly. 
So, like, the only one I can think of from Huntsville is James Gillespie Bernie, mm-hmm. who, like, just saw the brutality of the cotton regime and was like, uh-huh. well, this is bullshit, and went and, like, moved to Kentucky and freed all of his slaves and, in 1840, ran for president on the Liberty Party ticket. Really? Huh. Yeah. That's 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 amazing that he just saw it and then... Yeah, it was enough to change his mind. Did yeah. he have? He was already a slave owner. Yeah, in a different state. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wrote the encyclopedia of Alabama article on the guy because oh, okay, yeah, he's like my local dude, right? Right. So I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, when you get one of those good examples, you got to hold on to you. That's whew. when you when you're deep into the the slave history in Alabama. If you see something shiny, yeah, that's not just. You the, build a bridge and you right, put his name like, on it, yeah, right? Definitely. So, uh, yeah, James Gillespie Bernie, uh, he was like born in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and he was actually given an enslaved person when he was like four. Really? Yeah, it was a pretty common thing. They would mm-hmm. just like take a slave kid and take a white kid, and they would be like. Y'all play, but remember who's in charge. And, like, that, you know. Right. So, outside, with like without context, everything in that is, like, real cool up until the remember who's in charge, right? So, right. if you just see, like, two kids playing and you didn't realize mm-hmm. that one of them technically owned the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Actually, I was talking to one of my neighbors when I first moved into the house I live in now, mm-hmm. and he's like this old dude from like South Alabama, and he was telling me how like in the 1940s or whatever, they just like assigned a black kid to be his friend. What? <laughs> yeah. They like were just... in a, a public school system or something? or No, like he was at church. and oh, at church. Yeah, he was like at church, and like... I don't know, uh, his dad was, like, talking to a sharecropper that worked for him or Mm -hmm. something and just pointed out a black kid and he was like, well, that dude's son is your friend now. And y'all are going to go play together and if you need anything, he'll, like, run and go grab it. Wow. And, and yeah, when he said that, I was like, oh, what the hell, dude, I'm getting out of your house. That's, That's intense. Especially after reading about it, like yeah, like oh, it's, oh, it's at least it's 150 years ago or something. Nope, at least nope. <laughs> and slavery, neighbor, and then your neighbor. Yeah, yeah slavery by another name. Mm-hmm. That guy used to do minstrel shows too. Oh, geez, yeah, another brutal. That's a that's another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is like how music was was such a like there was such a huge cultural like thievery. You know what I mean? Oh well, I mean. It's not even the thievery. It's just like the menstrual shows that bother oh, me. Oh yeah, those are yeah, those are terrible, like terribly. And and I've I've heard tales of things similar, you know, still going on. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, every time like a frat shows up and like, you know, freaking everyone in the frat goes in blackface mm-hmm. and people are like, yeah, just get over it. It's just a joke. Like, no, it's not a joke. Yeah. No, like. People, ooh, mm, sorry. Well, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with the uh, 
the not not the cheery episode of Hunt's Villain, but uh, so glad we're talking about it though. We'll be right back. The Hunt's Villain is a podcast recorded at Spice Rack Studios in Huntsville, Alabama. You can find the blog Hunt's Villain at huntsvillain.wordpress.com or Facebook slash Hunt's Villain. That's H U N T S V I L L A I N. The podcast is hosted and written by Mr. John O'Brien and co-hosted by Ben Job. Thank you to our donors and volunteers who are the sole supporters of Spice Radio. If you want to help support Spice Radio, go to spice-radio.com support. And you can find great local music and content 24-7 at spice-radio.com radio. Thanks again for listening, and stay spicy, Huntsville.